Today's show is sponsored by our friends at orcacoolers.com. From roto-molded coolers that keep your ice good for days. They have drinkware like the barrel, the football barrel, the shorty, the stein, the teeny, the vino. They have chasers. They have coffee campers and travelers. All sorts of stuff. It's going to keep your drinks cold or hot. You're going to have coolers that will keep ice for days. And they're bear-proof. Go to orcacoolers.com slash bourbon for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com slash bourbon. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Old Limestone Mixing Water. It is the mixing water of Kentucky bourbon. We are firm believers here at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Drink however you want to drink. You want ice in it? Put ice in it. You want to put some water in it? Put water in it. And if you're going to put water in it, use water that was filtered through limestone in an aquifer that's 130 feet under the ground. Old Limestone's unique Kentucky limestone aquifer produces a rich, velvety, smooth water with hints of calcium and magnesium, which amplify flavors. Yet with no iron at all, you can make bourbon anywhere you want, but 95% of it is made in Kentucky because the water is special. Use Old Limestone water to mix. Take the taste test. Pour a bourbon neat. Sip it. Now add Old Limestone, swirl it, and sip again. Check out Old Limestone at oldlimestone.com or they're available at a store near you or online. Bourbon and Beyond. This September in Louisville, Kentucky, with Bruno Mars. The Killers. Black Keys. Brandy Carlisle. Plus Duran Duran, Billy Strings, Black Crows, The Avid Brothers, Blondie, and so many more. Bourbon and Beyond. September 14th through 17th in Louisville, Kentucky. All passes on sale now for as low as $10 down at bourbonandbeyond.com. All right, Zeke, what you got for me? So here's a good one for you. I don't know if you've uh, encountered this with Sophie yet, but uh, the boy brought this up to me kind of the other day. Somehow, a few weeks back, he got this fascination with cursive. Had some substitute teacher was there, and that's how they wrote. And, you know, they don't teach that shit in school anymore. <laughs> well, so then I kind of got to thinking, how are kids going to learn to sign their name if they don't learn cursive? It's a great I don't know point. Else, I don't know when else any of us use it, but... End of the day, I mean, that's still always going to be a thing, even if it's an electronic signature. How many times in, in important documents require a manual signature? And it may not look pretty or whatnot, but it's at least in theory supposed to be in cursive, right? You got me stumped tonight, buddy. You really do. I mean, Sophie was talking about it and she knows how to write some things in cursive. I'm assuming when the time is right, we'll teach them how to sign their name. I mean, I guess maybe, but, you know, we all kind of develop our own signature over time as well, but it's based on having a fundamental knowledge of cursive, not just, hey, dad, can you write my name in cursive so I can see it and know how I'm supposed to sign or write it? I guess the funny thing is for you being a pharmacist, I would think that you would still see cursive all the time from like doctors writing a script. No, dog. Everything's e-scripts. They find you if you write it anymore. Think about it. You work for insurance. You, you know some of the guidelines. I, honestly, seeing a written prescription is a rarity. I know. They just call everything in now. Like, remember before they'd like give you the script and no, then you'd have to go. all e-scripts. I'm yeah. telling you. Got I know. Guidelines now. They ding them. It's BS. Or maybe not, but. Well, there are companies uh, that are all about e-scripts. Like, that's the whole thing they do is let you do. Exactly. And there's two of them. Pretty much. I will say even better. 
my son, bless his heart. I think I still technically have more characters in my name than he does, but trying to show him how I would, you know, sign my name, not that I sign it, but, you know, legibly and writing out Ezekiel Montreville Baker, which I think I was in middle school before I could sign that in cursive in Christ. And then trying to think in my head, Charleston Isaiah Baker, like, oh man, he's breaking, he wearing him out today. And meanwhile, I just scribble John, like I do the <laughs> J and then I do the OHN, like little within the J and I just kind of scribble stuff. Well, like I said, I mean, writing it out legibly for your kids, they can see the letters and how they're shaped and formed. You know, I try to be helpful. Yeah. My signature yeah. is very efficient and not like you have to, you kind of see it ish. But I mean, something to think about one day, like what are these kids going to do when they got to sign something? I know you're dropping the the tough questions tonight. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, Ezekiel Montreville Baker. And together, we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us part of your day. Tell me you're Southern without telling me you're Southern. Ezekiel Montreville Baker is the most Southern name I've ever heard. Hey, man, it sounds good to you. Parents yelled at you. You know, you effed up real, real, real good. <laughs> and I'm sure they said it few times to you over the years man anytime in life you hear that duck your head and hope a flip-flop wasn't coming at you <laughs> well at this point i'm in new orleans so this is not going to be a long show we are going to get right to the point this is going to be one of our shorter review shows it's basically because i need to get shows out i need to edit more and i'm not going to have time to edit while i'm doing this whole thing getting ready for a panel and going and visiting panels down there it's going to be a good time so zeke we are getting right to the point and we've been sitting on this I should have got it to you in the beginning of the month because it was released this month is Heaven Hills Heritage Collection, the second edition Kentucky Straight Corn Whiskey. It is basically 20-year mellow corn. It's 80% corn, 20% malted barley, 8% rye. It's 115 proof, again, 20 years old, and the MSRP is $290 on this. Obviously, each spring, the highly limited Heritage Collection release will feature some of the distillery's oldest inventory of aging whiskey, continuing the standard of excellence Heaven Hill has practiced since 1935. Each release in the ultra premium collection features one of the six traditional American whiskey mash bills produced by Heaven Hill, the only heritage distillery to produce this range. This release features 110 barrels that were distilled in October of 2002 and then aged on the third floor of Rickhouse 1K. This is what you need to know. And that's pretty much it. There you go. Any questions? I mean, you know somebody... Or some bodies have to be laughing somewhere. <laughs> but before I go into this, I will circle back because the previous show, I forgot one other essential place, at least, that I love in New Orleans. Port of Call. It's a good little walk. It's, it's on the other end of, of you got to go through Bourbon and, and hike a little bit. But it's good. Burgers, and they got their own version of a hurricane with their own name to it. Don't get to. All right. Or it'll be tomorrow. Oh, Good to know. But good burger. Any rate, somebody somewhere is is laughing because at 20 years, these barrels had to be sitting there 
way past, you know, the the four-year bottled and bond mark that they put on mellow corn. And you know how many people had to be walking through those ricks or looking at the inventory even going, what in the Sam hell are we doing with these barrels just sitting there? Y'all are costing me money. We're paying tax every year, and it's still just going to be mellow corn. What is the purpose here? And then I feel like, you know, somewhere in the past few years, the, the bourbon boom caught on. <laughs> Things you know, change drastically and whoever, you know, I guess Max or whoever higher up made the decision to, to sit on these barrels is just sitting there laughing like I told y'all I knew what I was doing. I feel like these bigger distilleries are always doing some experimentation that I don't think that people find it as weird as we do. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, but maybe this one to me stands out more like, sure, did they have some of the regular mash bills sitting around that go into Elijah Craig and some other products, but the mellow corn mash bill just letting it hang out for 20 years? I mean, you know, somebody had to be complaining, especially on the third floor. Like, you jammed up the whole middle of the rick. What are you doing over there? Making some twenty-year mellow corn, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I mean, you know, there had to be some conversations about this, especially when it hit like you know eleven or twelve years, because back then bourbon still wasn't trendy. <laughs> like, dude, seriously, are we gonna put this out or what? Like, come on now, is this going in the barrel pick program? What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure not many of us see as much humor in it as, as probably we do, but to me, it's just comical of, of thinking that whole notion of like third floor. He's just sat there for 20 years, and, and you know, all the employees had to be like, well, why don't they move them? Why are we bottling these? Stuff's going around it all the time. Oh, and it's like, hey, the other stuff's $15 a bottle. <laughs> You're going to put this out for 290 bucks at 20 years. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, that's for Max or whomever on the team that made this decision is sitting there right now, just, you know, lean back. Hands on the belly, kind of rolling her fingers a little bit, like, told y'all suckers. I told you people would do it. People would pay 300 bucks for 20-year-old mellow cord, and they'd love it. That's the thing. Like, think about how many people, when this came out, the first thing people said is, oh, man, I can't wait to get a bottle of this. Well, and, uh, you know, also it doesn't matter, but for these heritage releases, Evan Hill kills it. Bottle's nice. Packaging's nice. Does it affect the contents of the bottle? No. But if you're spending that kind of money, do you want to feel good about what you, you bring home or what you see on your mantle or look at, you know, in your, your, your shelving, your cabinet, whatever you may put your stuff? Like, yes. So, again, it doesn't change the, the contents, but kudos to them for taking the time to, to really you know, develop the product in its entirety and make sure that packaging, bottling, everything is just a home run. I, yeah. I like to get that out there these days. No, I mean, it really started with the 27, the higher, higher end for LTO packaging. You're, you're still going to have, and even the old fits, right? The old fits, what was it? Bernie told us they spent like $500,000 on bottle design for the old fits bottle, something crazy. Wow. So, you know, when they care about the packaging and it makes you feel good. I mean, let's be honest. There is an effect. It is like a, psychological effect the bottle looks nice it has nice packaging you feel better about the money you're spending because you feel like it's a higher-end product hey that box looks a whole lot better than the tissue paper you may or may not get if you land a btac at retail yep <laughs> not lying <laughs> plus like that 27 box was the magnetic thing where it would kind of lock into place like that was a nice so touch so that being en enough of a ramble. <laughs> yes. That being said, what did you think about this whiskey, Mr. Baker? It is definitely still after 20 years, very sweet at the entry. Granted, it doesn't take too long to realize you have a, an aged 
whiskey here. I mean, I'm not going to lie, 20 years in a barrel, I don't think anything wouldn't come across that way. If it did, you'd probably say somebody was lying to you. Does go from, I guess, thin, maybe a, a medium uh, viscosity to me, but it has a big profile, if that makes sense. Like it, it, it's, it's not going to swell up, but you, you get the flavors you get full on 110%, or I guess maybe 115%, 115 proof. I want to be a little corny today since it's corn whiskey. <laughs> Man. <laughs> It does have a fair amount of spice to it as well. Obviously, we talked about the mash bill as being a corn whiskey, so not the smartest man, but I'm going to say that spice that contributes there is definitely a very much oak character. It does seem like a dry oak as opposed to wet. Heading like old Heaven Hill, old Dusties, things of that nature. You can get a very strong oak influence. Folks way before me dubbed the term wet versus dry. I'm just going by what they told us back in the day. That's what I get. Hopefully that makes sense to people. It does have a good finish, but the finish is all in the middle and the front. But what's there lingers well, which is pretty unique to me as well. And I kind of almost thought it was two-dimensional note-wise in between the sweet and the oak. They maybe don't get along the best, but they do a pretty damn good job. I mean, I guess I would call it like business partners. You know what you each got to do. You got a successful company. You know what you got to do to get it done. Do you get along every day? Eh, shit, sometimes. <laughs> but it gets it done real good and we're successful here. <laughs> Funny enough, you should mention the two notes, because that was really what I got, the sweet and the oak. I think in having it, everything we just said, you know, the packaging, it is fun to have had 20-year mellow corn. I think this is also, for me, something that explains why we need to have different sizing in LTOs. It's like going to a bar and getting a pour. Like you should be able to have a hundred milliliter, 250 milliliters, you know, 750, like just have different sizes. So it's like, yeah, you want to know what it's like to have 20 year mellow corn. All right. Here's one that costs you 50 bucks and you could say you've had it opposed to the $300 one. Cause at the end of the day, it's fun, but like, I'm not going to go get a bottle of this one. And the funny thing is, is in the very beginning, when I first took a sip of it, I go, wow, this is hot. And this bottle has been open now. I mean, air has got to it all that stuff that you, you talk about it is definitely mellowed out from where it was in the very beginning but when i first took a sip of it i go oh this is hot like this is just hot and now it's mellow but the mellow has kind of given way to all that oak and oak and corn aren't always my two favorite things to put together and it's like you're trying to refine something that's supposed to be sweet and it almost doesn't make sense because the oak can be dry or you know, the dry or the wet oak, but like oak in and of itself is not, it's like not opposite of sweet, but it works against it rather than working for it. If that makes sense. I follow you pretty well. I mean, it's kind of like to me, I can't think of a specific example, but you know, there's things that are very corn based that, you know, when you cook, if you don't pay too much attention to, you might let a little too much heat get to it. And so if you eat the middle, that middle still real damn good, but you get stuck with a bite full of all outside. You're like, ah, that's the same piece. And, and, and I, I, not to say it's bad. I just felt like that was kind of like the transition between you still pick up the essence of, of, of that corn and how sweet it is. And the oak comes in strong, which is 20 years. What do you mean? But it's like you said, it, it is like the finish and, and the stuff that lingers. It's all in the front and the middle. So it's exactly like that whole thing about like outside of it's burnt, <laughs> inside of it's good. But like you wish you could just pick off the the outside and just have the inside but you can't do that <laughs> yeah 
tough for a cherry picker. It's not like, you know, a piece of meat that got burnt on the grill and you could take off the char and still have something good, you know, underneath. Like you're <laughs> stuck with all of it on this one. But all in all, I mean, I'd like the idea you throw out about a, you know, different package sizing for LTOs, more work though for the distilleries, more labor time production cost. Who knows if that ever happens? Oh, I totally get it, right? Like I totally get <laughs> oh, what yeah, I'm asking is, but I think it would be fun even if you did like a 750 version and a 375 version and you still look at it and you're like, all right, do I want to pay 145 bucks for the 375 or do I want to pay two nine? You know, and it's also like, well, I think end of the day, and, and you know, we've had this view about a lot of stuff for a while. And granted, every now and then we'll get one of these LTOs where it's like, no, I, I don't even pour that for John. I got it for me to drink by my damn self. Y'all on your own. But I think for a lot of these, though, you know, if you're fortunate enough to get it at retail, especially, you just kind of have the mindset going in of, hey, this is a share bottle. Hit up five, 10, 15 friends, you know, whatever, however you want to look at it. We all know what this costs me unless y'all were able to get one from whatever store you go to all the time or whatnot let's all pitch in let's all hang around for an hour we'll have this few other things i don't care if we drain it that day but it, it's best i think shared which plenty of folks say whiskey's best shared but this these kind of things to me really epitomize it at the price point and for as much as people want to try and, and see what they are there you go proofs in the pudding absolutely I mean, we still love trying it though that's the thing is i still want to try everything i just well, yeah i mean we've all been on those group chats we're like somebody hey store's got this got it who all's in five ten people to say in send me a paypal or venmo we'll pick a night boom done yeah if you're not that fortunate you see it at a bar and obviously the retail price for this isn't cheap per se but assuming the 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 bar price also is in line where it should be i would definitely say this is worth getting an ounce give it a whirl it's unique and who knows maybe this is the only time heaven hill ever puts out a 20 year whiskey or a 20-year corn whiskey. For sure. Well, thank you all at Heaven Hill for sending this our way. We really appreciate it. You can go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please leave us an open honest review, just like we leave an open honest review about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Hopefully uh, you down there in Bourbon Street earning some beads. I'll be here in uh, Nashville holding it down with the kiddos. Sounds good to me. Cheers. Ciao.